This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Bottle podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. On today's show, we will take... A look at today's 4-1 defeat to Rangers. How limited knowledge of John Kennedy actually really is. Uh, should the fans now protest and demand answers? Is it now time to announce the new Celtic manager? And of course, as always, we'll have a few guests on the show tonight. We'll have Michael, we'll have uh, Brian, we'll have Barry. Uh, first, before we move on to Mark, I just want to read out something from the late and great Jock Steen, who I believe this is a plaque outside in the Celtic Tunnel. The Celtic jerseys are not for second best and it won't shrink to face any inferior Celtic player. Any fair player. Now, these players are passing that plaque every single day in Celtic Park and I think they need to look at that and if they don't see what this club means to Jock Steen and the fans they need to take a long, hard look at themselves, Mark, after this season and today's performance. Well, they certainly need to do that. You know, a few shout-outs, Mark, for yourself? Yeah, just really, thanks again, Paul, for everything you've done today. You're brilliant again doing that watch-along. Thanks, everybody, that's tuning in. See Mikey's there, wait, I'm just going to go and get him on. Iceman's in, David Gallica. Bobby Sutherland, because Bobby was in this afternoon as well. If you have not subscribed, please do that and hit the like button. Uh, the usual shout-outs to Tim Alloy and Malika. Uh, a wee special mention to ROH. He had an operation the other day. It seems to have went well, but still got a long way to go. With the problems that he's got, you know. Uh, and finally, just young Ben is still recovering at home. So, get well soon. Okay, Ben. Hail, hail. I think before we're Waiting for Mark to bring in Michael, I just want to, to say like this. Since John Kennedy has taken over as interim manager, he has eight games, three wins, which one of them has been against the first division team, two defeats, the two games were against Rangers and three doors. Now, when you look to the Rogers Celtic team, the way they reacted to a sending off to Rangers and the way a John Kennedy team has reacted to a send, sending off. I know it's hard Mark, to, to compare the two, but the, the point I'm giving here is the lack of tactical knowledge that John Kennedy has to change the game around and react to a sending off. Well, we, and I think we spoke about that earlier, didn't we? A good manager should be able to change tactics as the game goes on and as the game's, the game's playing out to see what's happening on the pitch and be able to adjust things accordingly. I think more so on Chris or we found out that he actually isn't up for the Celtic job. 
by no means should be not even considered as, as this director of football role that he's being taunted that's going wrong at the moment. But that's an old story, really, isn't it? That's all came for that time when Rogers was meant to support mm. woke up from getting director of football, Joe. Kennedy himself came out the other day and said it was a load of, a load of nonsense. I don't think mm. any... I think if it was going to happen, it would have been a realistic time was when Rogers was here. But after that, I don't see how Kennedy could get take on a role as director of football or that. Mm-hmm. You think, Mikey? Uh, our first guest tonight is um, Michael. Uh, Michael's been on a few times before. I know you got to know Mike, but we asked him again because of his views and how upset he was in the last Celtic Rangers game. Michael, welcome back to the show. Yeah, Michael, where do we start? I'm, I, I'm still absolutely raging. Quiet, Michael. Yeah, quiet, Emma. Speak again. You hear us? Oh, that's better now, aye. Get my computer set up. I spilled a can out of your brew earlier. As you can imagine, and it was probably hitting my desk or something. So, <laughs> where, where do we start, Michael? Where do we start? You know, we were expecting something different from from John Kennedy, maybe even in the lineup. Or so it was more or less the same lineup, wasn't it? Well, we were expecting something different, though. I, I, as Celtic fans, we were wanting something different, mm-hmm. but I certainly wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you know, and I, what this whole talk about. Scott Brown not playing. I, I think we kind of justify the why he shouldn't be playing in these big games anymore, considering the way he played today. It was a shocking performance, wasn't it? But again, I mean, it's not a shock, is it? It's not me, really, isn't it? You know? That was what I expected today. Like, I wasn't confident at all. and I, I mean, I didn't expect it to be as bad as what it was. Yeah. Do you think you're saying enough made any difference to it? I don't think so. I still think it would have been, or maybe it wouldn't have been four, but I still think it would have been two, three, one. It's just hope, wasn't it? It was just a hope yeah, that, or we hope that put in the performance, we hope that they do that. Well, they did need to let us do it again. So we shouldn't really be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised at it. No, like you say, starting like Brown, for example, and again, Brown gets forward, but how, like, the other guys in the, the chat will probably agree as well, how bad was that guy at right back, that Kenny? Mm-hmm. Three games down, he played against um, so bad. Rangers, Michael. Three games, and he, he, has been, he, he actually has been bad in the three games against him. Yeah. I mean, and people will say, oh, well, who else are we going to play this? I mean... If he's the best you've got, including the youth in that, then we're in serious trouble here. Mm-hmm. Back, John Joe Kenny, yourself? Uh, another shock in the day. Uh, uh, see, at first I thought we'd maybe got picked up a wee gem here, because he looked apart, but seems to be against the, the smaller teams in that he looks apart. He's not showed anything against Rangers in any of the three games. I'd just uh, be looking for a vast improvement in him at right, for a right back next season. Usual probably. Like, have you ever seen him pass the ball forward, Mark or Paul? No, no, no. But like, I, 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 we were talking about that earlier. Was that maybe because Forrest's not been put in the team? 
And it, it wasn't even happening today, Mark, you know, either, was it? You know? No, it was for Kenny today. I'm just glad that I'm not at your end of the town, Mark, or <laughs> in the middle of the town in Glasgow. I'm between Dundee and Perth. I'm away out in the middle of the country. I can just go and get the peace and quiet. I feel sorry for the fans that I've got to put up for this for the next two, three, two, three months. I just get absolute hell, which is what they're going to go and get like. Well, hopefully there's some good news to put us on a bit of, a better. Going back to fans, Michael, do, do you think these players are, are, are thinking about the fans at this stage? Like, do, do they actually care about the fans that they're losing and how this season went? I think the odd, the odd player is, but the majority of them couldn't care less. And it's shown in the performance. Look at it today, they didn't care. They weren't interested, they didn't want to be there. They're already thinking yeah. elsewhere, which makes it, that's what makes it worse. Normally, if you're wanting to move to a club, or you're wanting away, you normally start turning out the performances. It's like when guys are like wanting a new contract. That's when you normally see them playing their best. Yes. But yes. like this season, what all of them? I mean, is anybody like other than maybe Ayer today? Was there yeah, Ayer was any good? He's he he he'd be about. Uh, I was saying to, to Mark there today, John the Watchlong, that Ayer looked like the only one Mark who was actually hurting. In all that team today? Oh, it really shows a lot of passion. Does he there? I think it's just that he's a, a natural born winner. That's just the way he approaches things and games and that. But you'd like to think guys like James Forrest and that would have. Do you know what I mean? How do guys like that feel? Was, was he fit, Mark? Was he fit? Forrest? Well, I think he looked fit enough. As I, I said, I didn't think he would last the full game and he didn't. But he was obviously fit enough to play the time that he did. Like. Going back to the sending off, you know, when we had Jonas on line, we asked him about this referee, and he said he was card happy, you know. I know that the, the, the John Kennedy came out and he said he asked the referee like about the sending off, that it was harsh, that the first tackle was harsh, but the referee supposedly came out and said to John Kennedy that Calamac was a, it was a reckless packet and he was out of control of his body. So if he was out of control of his body, that's a red card straight away. You know? I mean, I don't but, care how anybody can actually argue the sending off. Whether you know, the one that question the first yellow, that's fine. But what are you actually doing throwing yourself into that attack in the first place? And he's supposed to be our next captain if he's still in the club. Like, But that was stupid judgment out of Calamac. Just getting booked so early and going into a tackle like that, leaving him exposed to the referee. The referee had no decision to give him... I think it was a hundred seconds later or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was after the first yellow and then Biff, Red Care, game finished. You know, would it have made a difference to take Mark with the... Uh, ...11 in the picture? It's hard to say, but I, no, I don't think it would have. Just again, the team, just too many players didn't show up. I don't think McGregor... Let's face it, McGregor's hardly showed up all season, so we can't blame him. Apart from the numbers, the actual numbers, the 11 v 11, you can't say that we lost one of our better players the, the day when he gets sent off. And the point of having Lee Griffiths on the bench and you're 3-1 down, you're, you're, you're looking for a goal and, and, and you bring on Mickey Johnson and Griffiths sitting there on the bench, that's just showing that Griffiths' career's finished at Celtic, Mike Lintis. 
I think what I, I, I can believe, like you say, is you're looking for goals 10 men or not. And remember when Simunovic elbowed Morelos right in the kisser the last time, mind themselves for 1-3-2 with 10 men. Edward came on and scored the winner. Yes. Just because you've got 10 men doesn't mean that you're out of the game. But when you're making changes like Edward going off and Mikey Johnson coming on... Man, rec- have no recognised striker on the, on the pitch. Like when, To be honest, like I've lost a fan of Griffiths over this season, but... If he's only if he's only your recognised strike on the benchmark, surely you're going to bring him out to look for a goal, aren't you? Well, I would have brought Griffiths on, but I mean the chances like Turnbull missed, the chances Moy missed. I mean Griffiths, you'd have fancied Griffiths to score the one that earlier. But then, yeah, again it was going down to we can't really blame Mark Bad misses either because the whole team in general was like any time Rangers kind of got in a box, really they they looked like score like like. Bain's handling today was atrocious. I mean, I can't wait to say I've been trying the best the last few podcasts, and I know there's a lot of guys on the, the chat that done a rate barcast and that, but again, you've got to take, I say that all the time, you've got to take into account the situation regarding the COVID and coming into a new country and like, <laughs> not being able to leave your house and this, that, and the next thing. There's no way that Bain is a better goalkeeper than Barkas. Exactly. Or even Hazard at this stage, isn't this, Mark? What was that for? Or even Hazard at this moment, you know? I agree with Mikey that Barkas must be a better keeper than Bain. He's got to be. I don't know why even he didn't go. I'd give young Hazard the game the day we spoke about it. Maybe just went with something like that. Well, I say I live here in Dundee. Well, between Dundee and Perth. And... Again, Ben was at Dundee for years. He got released for Aberdeen as youth and went East Fife for Paul Hartley. And mm-hmm. He's never a Celtic goalkeeper. I mean, he's barely a backup at best. <laughs> so, and like, <clears throat> that, that second goal, getting beaten at your near post, before he kind of reacted, the ball was actually nearing the nest. What was Brown doing for there? That was Brown doing there. But that's when, that, that, I came out the watch and said, it'd be a tip to Roy Keane thing, like saying, he should never have that shot on the first place. That Brown should have think. So, but no, remember that podcast, Mike, we were talking to said that Brown spends more time kind of trying to wind up Morales and, and stuff like that. Oh, he's you know? Morales got uh, uh, skimmed him. Skimmed yeah. him. Celtic won, obviously, the quadruple treble and did well in that. And that. But at the end of the day, Morales has got the last laugh over him, has he? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he can, he can be in his ear and do whatever he wants. At the end of the day, he's just been laughed off. Every old firm match this season, he's just been laughed off the park, eh? So. You know, but, but Mark, like, what's Kennedy seen in Brown? You know, like, the, like, we can see it clearly, the fans, that his legs are past him. His favourite in these big games. There's no football reason for Brown still to be playing in this team. It's, just, it's either cronyism, favouritism, whatever you want to call it, or whether it's just, oh, it's Scott Brown, you can't drop Scott Brown. I don't know what... We said earlier on, but we'd Soro there, we played that many games, we should have easily had Soro playing a lot more games this season. Mix and match what we've got with the midfield and see what works and what doesn't. But every game with Brown's just, when he's available, it just baffles me. Going by Stormer, he was at fault for the fourth goal, though, weren't he? Giving the ball away so cheaply. Who was that? Zorro, giving the ball away. Aye, he did, aye. Bringing Zorro on, 
a hold in midfield, they're taking Brown yeah. off after 50 minutes, whatever it was, and giving the guy half an hour when you're 3-1 down with 10 men. Yeah. Like, and we were counting it, me and Jonas, when we were watching it. I think in the time that Sora was on, he made that mistake. I think he stopped Ryan, like five, Kent, five times Ryan Kent tried to run with the ball, and mm-hmm. five times he was stopped by Sora. But that does, that does the choice you should be made in the first half when Karamak got sent off. Do you know, like it was like we it was like we were missing two men in the centre midfield when Kalamak was sent off because Brown didn't have the legs and the Rangers midfield were just walking straight to onto the defence. What well, I was looking for was for Sorrow not to start and hopefully maybe get a result and near the end of the game once the game is put to bed then maybe Brown come on and maybe so, get a cameo in the last few minutes or that against him and then get him to. That's all that was needed, Mark. Wanted a cameo appearance in the last. Uh-huh. Yeah, against Brown, Brown would be the ideal player to bring away if you're sitting two or three goals up and just want to t- finish the game out for the last fifteen ten minutes. Then you bring Scott Brown on, and he just he holds the play up. Maybe he passes that he does to the side and back doesn't he matter because the game's already won. He's just going to keep things tight and make sure nothing goes wrong. But Mark, how 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 come the like the, the players haven't kind of stepped up again in, in, in this match against our rivals. And we spoke about, like, like you don't need any motivation to, to step up against your, your local rivals. That should be in you. But it's obviously clear to me that a lot of these players don't want to beat the club. I think, you know? I think that's glaringly obvious now, Paul. After the season, we've had some of the performances we've had to watch. Especially in the Derby games. It's just, there's no excuse for the performances and the that we've put into them. There's no excuses whatsoever that any, any players of that can make because it falls down to what they've done on that park and that's what they've let themselves do and let the fans do. Michael? I mean, I'm just... Like, the performance in that game today, and like, I don't know what you are saying to it, like, but could anybody remember the last time they've seen a performance like that in, in a derby match? No. How bad is that? Is that, like, there's no passion at all? From what, only one player and I are just looking for the starting 11 that was uploaded by Mark earlier and it's like Bain again not going to be playing next season Taylor back up Brown not going to be there Turnbull will be there Kenny not there Edward not there LUC probably not there Iron not there McGregor not there Forrest maybe and Welsh is never a first team player just now yes what kind of rebuild is that? You know, very inexperienced. Uh, he's a lot to learn. Read to come a first choice centre back, Michael, doesn't he? For Celtic? I'm not 100 percent convinced on him yet. If I'm being honest, like uh, he's got a long way to go to convince me if he's good enough. But he's been through mm-hmm. in just now because there's nobody else. It's not it's really unfair on the guy. Like, but I mean, he gives 100 like, percent. That's one thing I'll say about the guy. He gives everything. Like, but I'm not that sure of him. If I'm being honest. He's a bit short in, short in the rear for a centre-half as well. Exactly. Mark, you you, you had a few interested thoughts on, on, on Welsh as well. Uh. I, like, I like Welsh. I've got to disagree with Mike. I think he makes a right good player for us. But he has an experience and he showed that today, especially with the Defoe goal. But uh, I, think, no, I think he's good enough for his squad. I think I'd put Welsh in the same category as like Taylor. They're no, they'll be no good for the right-away first choices in the big games, European games and that. But they're more than hard terrain for me playing at SPFL level. Yeah, I see, I agree. Like, I agree that he's good enough to be a squad player. I just don't think at this stage he's good enough to be near the, like 
the starting eleven. No, I, I, but like you say, I agree with you there. That's what I meant. Like I, 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 agree, I agree that he gives it, that he should be in the squad. Like, I actually think that there is a player maybe in him. I just did a th- like he's been through and just now because obviously we've got nothing else. But like I think that was worrying me. Uh, I said it earlier on the chat when the game was on. I mean that the rebuild. There's a rebuild and then there's this. When you look at this squad, how could there be that many players coming in to even put up a challenge next year? That's one hell of a pre-season year. One hell of a lot of money that's going to be needed. Is exactly. Yeah. 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 Are we? Do you, do you think we're going to get a, an announcement next week, like you? Um, we're always talking so. every week, Mark, aren't we? Sorry, Paul. Yeah. We're kind of always saying that after every podcast. Are we going to get an announcement next week? Are we going to get an announcement this week? Well, it's time gets on, but we're going to be right one week about it anyway. But as I said earlier on as well, season ticket renewals must be due to come out. And that, to me, that'll be the catalyst of when things will start getting announced in that. Because if they just sent out the season ticket renewals, the more they're no way that they sell them all as quick as, as quick as they expect, and everybody expects Celtic season tickets to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Vong says in live chat that he's getting pressure, Oyo's getting pressure off his, um, his international manager to move to a better league and to move to a thing is Oyo. You know? I remember when that Saul Barkin was manager of Copenhagen and we were rumoured to be signing their captain at the time, Do- Thomas Delaney, that plays for Borussia Dortmund now. And I remember him saying back then that there's no way Delaney is going to sell him because he's not the level. I mean, he's the manager of Norway, not the manager of Brazil or Italy. He'll mm-hmm. only, te- only be telling anybody that his player needs to move on or that. I should just shut his mouth on it. It's like... Steve Clark coming out and saying Celtic players should be playing at a higher level and things like that. Did I not know about it? Yeah, Mark, I have heard from, 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 from Bobby on the live chat. The big thing everyone keeps saying is it will be a, a massive rebuild. But what if it's not? And some of these bad eggs are still there next season. That's a, that's a bit of an issue, isn't it? That, you know, that maybe a lot of these players will be here next season after this performance, you know, Michael? I- I don't, uh, I don't, I don't agree. Um, there's certain players, like it says, that have made it quite clear that they don't want to be there, and they're the bad eggs. Plus, so you can always move, you can tell you can always move somebody on. Situations as well. They've only got a year left in their deal. The way the club's going to keep them for a year. And like it says, there's always some other club that's wanting to take somebody. I mean, even look back in the day. Remember when we signed that Colin Kazim Richard? He'd been passed a bit more times in an Indian peace pipe. No, I mean, and he still got ended up at Celtic. <laughs> That was a level. So, that was a level favour for his agent again. He was in bother for attacking a. a was either a photographer or a reporter, and his agent phoned up. Who was it we were meant to be signing? We were meant to be signing somebody else, and his agent phoned up. That Dudu Dahan phoned uh-huh. up Peter Lowe and said we need to get him out. Of here. I'm sure it was over over Holland somewhere. Need to get him out. Fine or fine or. And the next thing he rolls up at Celtic Park. That was how that deal happened. That was a complete favour to that Dudu Dahan. And there was a fella came out there, um, just read it there a while ago, he just came out there before the, um, the Rangers match, he was in an SBL chief, but he's a Celtic fan, I think I have the name right, is it Richie Mitchell I think his name is, Good. and uh, he's actually blaming Laurel for this this thing because he Good. said, yes, he said he used to be in charge of SPL or something like that, didn't he? 
came, he's, a, he's supposedly a Celtic fan and he came out and he said he actually blamed Peter Lall for this. For, he said one for appointing Lenin, two for not spending that extra bit to keep Rangers at bay and he quoted the, the Green Brigade, don't take your hands off the wheel. And that's basically what Peter Lall did was take his hands off the wheel by not investing that little bit more in the team to keep Rangers at bay. But that doesn't think that the team, Paul. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Wasn't it one of us that wasn't he, was, wasn't he delighted when the transfer window slammed shut and we'd signed a £5 million Greek international goalkeeper, a £5 million striker? You know what, we kept Edward, we kept players that were, we kept Ayer. So I don't think, I can't see, I can't lay that at level store for this season. I, I think it's, it, it, it can, it can, it can, sorry, it kind of backfired on him, didn't it? Like putting his fade into these players that, that kind of wanted to leave, didn't it? That kind of backfired on us this way, Michael, didn't it? Yeah, that's what I like, again, what Mark said. There's been plenty of money spent. And that's what I mean. It wouldn't have mattered if there was another, I would say, 10, 15 million spent. We still would have had the players that are there today performing in their positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's bad eggs throughout the team, so spending an extra 5, 10, 15 million wouldn't have made any difference this season. Spend the money. We, we kept and these have difference, Mark, isn't it? That they haven't come in, come in and proven themselves to break into the first team either, these, these new players that, 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 that we signed. So that's why we're actually still playing these regulars who actually left us down this season and, and who want to leave. That's why that's the situation we ended up in that we had to play these It's the same old players. Celtic. I've said it for years, whether it's transfer fees or wages, it's not the amount we spend, it's what we spend our own and how wisely we spend the money that we've got. Mm-hmm. Celtic shouldn't Celtic can afford to sign a five million pound striker that's hardly going to kick a ball season. No even be fit for the season. Celtic just can't do that. He was such a strange signing that Albina, yeah. Like how he's ended up at Celtic, he says. It's not like he was a player in forum that no worked out. He can he never played for West Ham for a year. And he's not played for Celtic for a year either. How unfit he is. Like sure because like I know like he when he played with Basel he was he scored goals and stuff like that, but he came into a top league in the Premier League and he failed Misbury in there. He, his fitness was a joke. Like, should we go Celtic? Should we look at that, that as well, Mark? Shouldn't they? Like, are we making the right decision here? Or, well, we, you know? we said that earlier on when we were talking about him. We were bringing him in on loan and then the next time we're spending £5 million on him. I, mm-hmm. just, I thought that was one of the... And it was strange for Peter Lowell to do that. It really was. Yeah. You know how... To, to Lennon, I believe that Lennon met him and convinced him to actually sign for five million. Then that that time, like he was actually considering his options before he was moved to Celtic. Great to see if there was another move coming. Yeah, but apparently, yeah. says the word that you used there, convince. You shouldn't need convince to sign for a club like Celtic. And if you mm-hmm. need that, then that's that, that should be the deal pulled right away. Kind of somebody sat down at the table with me. If I was negotiating, say, convince me to sign. That's the deal done there. Like it's done. Like yeah, like that's it done. You either want to play for the club or you don't. You're not you're no Ronaldo. And if they come out with partner like that, you convince yeah. him. Say, Mate, we're, no begging, we're no begging you to sign. We're Celtic. When they came out, did they with this signing, didn't they? That, did, did, we actually, did Lennon actually beg him to sign? You know, because what, what, what I'm led to believe is that it was actually Lennon that met him directly and convinced him to sign. You know, that it was Lennon who was a great admirer. Of him and, that, and that's why they pushed this deal through. I just don't know how you could be a great admirer of him. 
How can you be a great admirer of somebody that played good for 10 months, one, one year, like three years ago? Exactly. Exactly. Like I say, the biggest bother of the season was no signing that Ivan Tony. Everybody knew that that guy was going to score goals. He's going to be like Gary Hooper, but perhaps maybe a wee bit better. And look at the goal. Oh, was that over 30 goals? No, now he scored for Bentford. He's going to be worth an absolute fortune. Fortune. Ivan Tony, that young Ivan Tony, isn't this? Yeah, and that's what I mean. And he came out and said, did he, that he wouldn't sign for Celtic? No bother. Uh, Barry Fry came out and said as well, he said he'd have walked up to Glasgow to sign for Celtic. Celtic just cooled down in the deal. But like we spent that on Camilla and and I guess he, do you know what I mean? We spent that fee on two players. One we got one back, 3.5 million, which we're led to believe is what we got back. But we, we don't know if we actually got that amount Mac back, really. But like that's what we spent on two players who have failed. But he was a proven goal scorer. And maybe that could have um, pushed Edward up a level this season to having a, a striker you knew. No, I think that was ideal. I think he was a backup if Edward left. I think that was what Peter Lowell was. I think that was what he was playing at. If Edward but, forced himself out the door, he'd have went for Tony. And after that, I mean, even we paid five million for a Yeti apparently. Another million and a half. Another million and a half would have got you Tony. And think of the yeah. money we'd have made back, Mark. I know. I know. You just said we'd have made a thought. Maybe no this season. Uh, if he did it again next season, I mean, then definitely. It's definitely a player. Yep. Well, fans going, oh, we don't want any more projects in that, but it depends what level your projects at. I mean, Dembele was a project when we signed him. He was a lot of well, like you say, that guy scored a lot of goals at Peterborough. Like, Mr. Dembele, when we signed him for Fulham, he didn't score that many goals for Fulham. No, he hadn't been that prolific with him at all. No, well, that's Tony did. He was... Dembele was seen as a project, Edward was seen as a project, Ayer was seen as a project. It's a project's day work out. But you yeah. can't you can't fill a team with them. Like, that's what I like to be that's why I like to be Ivan Tony. Are these projects back going down to better managers able to help these players become better players? And is that because like maybe a Yesi uh, Camilla haven't become the players we thought they was because we actually didn't have a good background team to help them become best for players. Oh, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't put for what I get, he's put in for this season and gone on his past record. I wouldn't put any of the blame for his seat, how he's performed at Celtic down to coaching management or that. I think he just no really bother as long as he's getting a wage at the end of the week as a football player. He's that old day whether he's playing. He doesn't even seem to want to play. See, even when he does come on, he doesn't even seem. To go, his body language is. I think it's just a bit of a waste, to be honest, Paul. Yeah. Like, moving on from the the, the attacking side, of it, we, we know this, but like, how can we, like, how, how can any manager come out and explain the defending today, not just today, but all season? Like, you know, it's been it's atrocious. Yeah, the defending today, and and I, I and I thought Welch when he came in and think that he steadied the ship a bit, like, but. My God, what they found out today, lads. Like, they were just walking straight past the defence there with freely. They were walking past the defence there freely. You know? Like, we were afraid to go in for a tackle or... You know, I I, I really can't explain it to defending Mark today, you know? Taylor, I thought Taylor and I have did their best. Like, Welsh was out of his depth today and John Joe Kenny was worse than a man short. Yeah. 
Like, so he, like, he should just be the same as Duff, like Duffy. If Duffy is rumoured, like, he's rumoured to have just parked up and that's him down back at Brighton, then that John Joe Kenny, he should be doing the same. Like, he's he's done the same as Laxalt. Players like that, they've done it. Just call it a day there. Just go back to the clubs, because... They don't have proper cover in front of them either. You know, Terence, Terence was saying anything like that, they're, they're getting no cover from the likes of Brown being in this midfield mark. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there no cover there for the defence when, when Brown is actually there in front of them? Well, no, not really. There's nobody there's 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 sitting there protecting the defence the way Brown done in his younger days. They just, they just, as you say, they just seem to glide past them every time they get the ball. I'm going to bang the drum again for another player like you say that hopefully we get in the summer but could you imagine Ferguson in that team today? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine him in that midfield today letting that happen? Letting that Davis and that Swan and about a wee cigar? Yes. They're you know, the players Davis, that you want that player, hungry young players that want to come in and do a bit. You know Davis is surely older than Scott Brown Mark is he? Well, I think uh, a couple of years. A couple of years. I think Davis is about 38 or 39, as you know. Yeah, I know, he was definitely 37 a few months ago, and he waited from 38. So. <laughs> for him to control the deed like that, like, and, you know what I mean? It's 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 unthinkable, like, for for Celtic team, like, in Rangers, like, not controlling the midfield area. Do you know, it, we, we, we've said it before, Mark, before the watch long, Mark, and before the. Davis Disney going to. Davis Disney run about like a heedless chicken. Which, which really was Brown's game. If they had the ball, he was nipping at their heels, chasing them down, picking up every mistakes when they made them. Davis is using his brain and just sits there and passes the ball about. Brown's no go that really in his locker. You know what I mean? It's always be passes to the side, pass backs, whereas Davis can pick a pass going forward and still drive the team going forward. Brown's never been doing that for years. No, like I said, I'm like, okay, sorry, maybe you can hear a look at the fourth goal of the day. And then Welsh for maybe not just getting beat for the four, but you seen the difference when Sorrow came on. The way he was nipping about the park and that. Maybe he was getting a minute. It was a bit of a drive, wasn't there? There was a bit of a moving the ball forward, at least. Michael wanted when Zorro was playing, he wasn't passing the ball back side to side. I think he was trying to move the ball forward. I just like, I just really, I really, really rate him. And everybody in the chat will be saying the same. And it's only Kennedy that would have played Brown over Sorrow today. That's it. And that tells you everything about Kennedy. No, like Mark, there must be some some player in in in, in Zara, like if if rooms are true that, that that Tottenham have been looking at him and, and they see him as a, uh, as a as a squad player for them. Like there must be some player in there. Like and oh, like I think, you know, I think we've seen Marcel as a player in there, but it's just a matter of um, how would he, could he handle playing thirty eight games a season plus cups plus Europe? Do you know what I mean? If, that, if he's going to be Brown's replacement, but hopefully a new manager isn't going to run players into the ground. Players don't need to be playing every week. But Soros looks, I think Soros looks a great player, as Mikey says. I really, really like him as well. There was a pass today, he was just about, just maybe 30 yards at, like, for your goal, and he hit a big long diagonal pass. But I, th- I think it was Taylor, and he kind of stopped thinking it wasn't going to reach him. But if he'd kept moving, it was going to reach him. You don't see Scott Brown doing things like that. A good centre midfield between two of them, Zara and, and Fox, and you know that they'd be a good pairing together, wouldn't they? To, to break up the play in the midfield and to get the ball forward, you know, because we saw 
uh, a different side of Ferguson when he played against us is he's able to move forward as well. Michael Canty, Ferguson. Well, uh, Sorrow, Ferguson, Turnbull and McGregor. Like they, they four. I mean, you know, you, that means you would take Forrest as well. We're all thrown to that. I mean, that's that's fine. And if McGregor was to move on, Sorrow, Ferguson, and Turnbull. Turnbull. How, you're not going to get much better than that, eh? like when they're all playing well. If a lot, if a lot of Ferguson slips through their hands to down back down to England or wherever, then this is going down the John McGinn route again. Just a big a big mistake. Like they're on about signing James McCarthy. They should have signed James McCarthy ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like says, and I mean, don't get us wrong. Would he be a good squad player for Celtic? Maybe because if you look at the clear out that has made happen. But would I play James McCarthy over James McCarthy over Ferguson, Soror, Turnbull? No chance. No chance. Yeah, exactly. He'd be he'd be more of, as a backup kind of and, uh, and kind of a, a more experienced player to have in the dressing room. A big wage <laughs> You know, where does Kendi go from here? Has this tarnished his reputation as a manager? Sean, well, I've seen like he, his, his lack of tactical to make changes and, and stuff like that, Mark. Has this, this interim thing kind of tarnished? It, I don't say it's tarnished any, his reputation or that because he's not really got a reputation as such for being his own man. And, I mean, he's not going to get offered a job in the English League or anything like that. We're talking about a Kilmarnock, that kind of level of job. And somebody will give him a job as a manager just for the simple fact that who he is and own his reputation as a coach. But it's time for me, Celtic's probably done now. It's time, I've said that for every podcast mm-hmm. we've done. It's time for Kennedy to go out and prove, prove his, himself as a, that he can be the main man. I think he's kind of been there kind of too long, Mark, in behind the scenes, like like go and prove yourself, as, as you said, like and, and, and see how he gets on, you know, but as to, to the rebuild and this director football thing that popped up, we know there's nothing to it, but he shouldn't be considered for the Vituvan, Michael, shouldn't he? Kennedy should have been, I uh, said in the chat, and I can come across quite harsh on things, but Kennedy should have been away years ago, even before Rogers even came. Like I said, he, he had that horrific injury and set up through him a lifetime in a favour by giving them the coach and working his way up and getting his badges and that. They've stuck by him, they did no bad by Kennedy. It's time to move on from him. He'll never be part of this new setup. I just don't see how he'd fit in, especially after the eight games he's been in charge. I think he's shown now that he's not up to any job. Like I said, he needs to go and go down lower, lower league, like what Paul Hartley and that done. Mhm. I, I, I would agree, Chip. You know, I, I would agree to that. I think Ken needs to go down to the lower leagues and and kind of prove himself there, Mark, and kind of maybe kind of bring the team up the levels and stuff like that. And see how he goes there because the the Celtic job at the moment in any capacity, any senior role, I think is too big for Kennedy at at this stage. You know. Um. So, uh, um, Michael, just to move on, um, on about like Kennedy and this like rumours and that that you both had of um, this director of football role, absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, that's one of the, I, that's uh, as uh, maybe as important as the manager, or maybe more important. So, how would you be giving it to Kennedy? 
Exactly. I just, I don't, exactly. I don't, I don't, I say, I don't think he's got the skill set that's required for that. I think he needs to be a bit, not arrogant, but I think he maybe needs to be a wee bit ruthless to be a director of football. Because you're in charge of everybody, you're in charge of the head scout, you're in charge of the physio, you're in charge of the full thing, you know what I mean? If things are not going right, you've got to lay down the law. And I just I don't see Kennedy as that type of guy. Plus the actual skills for planning, scouting and just things like that. I don't think he's, he's got the capacity to do things like that. He's never, had, he's never done anything like that. I'll put it this way, no. like, I'm quite confident in saying that. The, the whole time in that half-time, there's not once that he probably raised his voice. I said that, I said that the watch along with Paul as well. We can't see him in there reading the riot act. It would have been the Aram round the shoulder. Oh, he's are doing well. We just need this wee bit of luck. Just keep doing what he's are doing kind of thing. That's what I imagine his team talks are like. Exactly. Exactly. Too, too quiet. Kind of, as he said earlier, like, can, can you see him laying into like the Scott Brown and, and stuff like that? You know, I, I just can't see it. Like, you know what I mean? I can't see it. Like, as he said, like that these are his favourite players and He's been talking up Scott Brown the last couple of weeks, and, and so you you couldn't see John Kennedy laying into Scott Brown at halftime and about his performance. You know, you you just couldn't see it. Like you know, he's been there too long. He's basically like, like Mark and everybody says it's just a mate's act at this stage, isn't it? He's too friendly with them. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the problem is like that. Mark, he's he's been there too long. You know, he he's more kind of mates now with kind of people there that have been with the club over the years, kind of thing, like, you know? That is a kind of assistant manager's kind of job. He's a bridge between the players and the manager. So Kennedy would have been friendly with him to keep... See, like, all the wee gossip, oh, I've done something stupid outside of it, but in that kind of... It would be Kennedy that would go to with that kind of thing. See, it is now that Kennedy's in charge. It's, to me, it is just a pals act. I'm, Kennedy, I'm no one to upset Scott Brown by dropping him. You know what? Yeah. Maybe it's down to that. Scott Brown's in the dressing room, or how am I know playing starts moaning the next time, or Scott Brown's wee cliques all up marrows because Scott Brown's no playing. Maybe it's the players that's got the power in the dressing room now, and Kennedy just can't change it. Scott Brown should have been moved on, like, see, when he signed the deal with Aberdeen to come player coach or player assistant or whatever it is. Why did he not just go with Stephen Glass then? Like, now. Like, why did he wait until the end of the season? No, I agree with that. He couldn't have played for them right enough, but he could still have went and worked as assistant manager for them. Yeah. But I said earlier on, see, after the Cup game, that should have been Brown's last game. Because this game, even the day, it was a meaningless game. All we were playing for was pride. Yeah. Meaningless when it comes to the league. I don't mean a meaningless game against Rangers. And that should have been all that was at stake. But... We should have still been looking at the longer term plan and said, right, well, Brown's not going to be here. This one's not going to be. So he's only playing. Edward, you're not playing. You've hardly kicked him off for months. You're you're leaving in the summer. We all know that. So we're just going to try something different for the next six games that were left after that cup game. Exactly. Exactly. Mike, we're going to leave you there. And as always, uh, thanks very much for coming on and and sharing your views with us. Uh, Hopefully, we'll have you on again soon and we'll have a new manager in place and we talk some things about bright, bright things for a change about Celtic Bus. At the moment it's just doom and gloom. Yeah, no bother, like pure depression. Pure depression. Next we have I, I don't know how to say sober, Brian or 
you know, but uh, it's a Welsh, Welsh boy from, from the, the former who was ominous before the match. And if you're on Discord, you can see he's uh, after a few already. Is he there, Mark? Just, just killing him there. You know, and just on the live chat, what's your thoughts on on Kennedy and does he lack the the management skills to to change a game or has he been found out that he actually isn't the the person Brent Rogers claimed he was to be that he's this supposed to be this brilliant uh, coach behind the scenes? Fuck that, Hans. Here we go. How are you doing, boys? Brian, Brian. Brian, how did you sum up that here, boys? Shite. Absolutely shite. You want me to put a quote to us, tell me how it is? Hello? Can you hang in there, yeah? Yeah, sorry, boys. I've got 54 in. It's a bit mental here at the minute. <laughs> but go by starting lineup, like, you kind of knew that this game was going beyond us, you know? The starting lineup was good. But where did the rest of the numbers? I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll Hello? And, uh, yeah, I can hear you better. That's good. That's good. Did it turn because of this ending off, uh, Brian, do you think? Or was it just the fact that we gradually faded out this game? Or? What was he doing with that tackle? He's just been booked. Mm-hmm. You know, 100 seconds after the the tackle, you know, and he goes in for a tackle, and the referee just, just next to him, and he really didn't give the referee a choice to send him off. So he didn't, you know, yeah, and we were complaining about making tackles, so we can see why he shouldn't be making tackles. You look. If you look at it, uh, two or three minutes before that, he's dancing around like he doesn't know what to do, and he's jumped in for a tackle. He should know better than that. Exactly. Like this is supposedly our next captain, if he is here next season. This is supposedly our next captain, and he's making, making choices like that. Like, you know, like, what's your take on the, on the substitutions, Michael? You know, like, Bringing on, I know we want. We said Mickey Johnson at the starting was a good thing to bring on, but not bringing him on as a lone striker when you had Griffin on the on the sidelines. I've just got to a point where it's fucked this season and move on. You know, you, it's uh, terrible. You know, I was like, I was saying to to Michael there, like, do you think an announcement needs to be made next 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 week? Get the new manager in that we know that the rebuild is happening. Well, there's a new manager coming in no matter what happens, so six weeks not even that important in that, that respect. To me, it's just, we said it the other week in the podcast, getting that change room say, who's here next season, who's no, and then building that. And obviously, they're going to bring other people in and see what happens, but see those that don't want to be here, don't give them a jersey again. Simple. What's, what, what's your thoughts on John Joe Kenny? Would you give him a... Another chance next season, the way he played the last three major games? No, no. He's another one. Came in, time to go. No good enough. And what about, we say, 
Gavin Strachan has been like he obviously was involved in the substitutions today, Mark, and and thing like his position. And I and I said it last week, like his position must be under consider consideration. <laughs> I don't know what Stratton actually does, I know stuff and all that, but he's meant to be good at it. So basically, all he's doing is getting information. Further, I don't know if the man did Lennon understand the information that Gavin Stratton was getting him. I honestly don't. I I I honestly I I, I honestly can't put it to words. Between, like, uh, between the the coaches and the first because none of them actually seem to be know what they're doing or, or what their roles are. That's between the coaching staff and the first team. Right. You said you said you said that right? Yeah, Martin the garbage truck about his uh, statistics and stuff like that. And He's better to be good. Probably, yes, or he might not be. I really don't know. But he's sort of been made a bit of a fall guy because the fact that he's on the least did Was it you or Michael? Say, somebody said a bit more on the... Perhaps he's better after the stands day and all this kind of stuff. So he's no... He's a focal point for things with that laptop, isn't he? Aye, uh, everybody's... Aye, uh, what's he doing with that laptop? What's the next call? He's going to have to be showing everything he's He's ridiculed for it, and everybody, it's a laugh, it's a laugh, it's stuff, even amongst our own fans, let alone anybody else, so, but who's to know, he might be really, really good at what he's saying, like you say, if, if the management are not taking on board what he's telling them or something, we, we, we're no party to that, but the fact that he's there with his laptop, everybody's just laughing at him, so why is he, why is he, he actually, better than what he sees? He actually doesn't know what he's actually shown, uh, the manager's master, he actually don't know, like, he's just saying, look, this is what well, we see the wee things that the players have got in their vests in there. He'll be getting all that data from that live as it's happening. Where players are running, where heat marks and all that. Well, that's the kind of thing. And it should be, it should be like a, I don't know what the word is. But it should be helping the manager to figure out tactics and stuff like that in game. Do you know what I mean? Those he's probably said it. Heat marks. He's a lazy Probably said he's a lazy bastard. He's getting gold. <laughs> well, that's like the, the, the when Lenny then was was was, uh, was the manager, and uh, they said uh, on the live chat, you know, like how many times have you saw Lenny talking to Kendi, saying something, and Kendi with his hands full, kind of throwing up his shoulders and going like, I don't know, you know, that kind of a thing, like you know, like you know, it's like there there seems to be lack of communication. The coaching staff more so than the first team. You know that they don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't even say it's lack of communication. I think it's lack of, it's lack of everything else with communication. Look, you know, it's it's it's. You can pick a team. We all said before the game today that was the team we'd pick. Mm-hmm. We all went out, and that team were awful. They were terrible. They were exactly the same as what they've been all season. Nothing. There's a point. I don't know. I was watching. Sky Sports yesterday, right? And they were talking about uh, strikers. Bright, they were talking about. And they were saying, like, Graham Paul, what a good manager he is and stuff like that. And he's he, he are playing well, and, and the strikers go putting the ball in the back of the net. At some point, you've got to say to yourself, this is about what preparation you've got, what team you play, it comes during the players. And we've lacked that all season. All season. There's, there's, 
there's been times where we've said, oh, we'd rather he played or he played or whatever it might be. But primarily, that team should be the best team in Scotland, and we've yeah. all been. On paper, I've said it before, hundred times, well, she will say that on paper, Celtic are still the best team in Scotland. But just, <laughs> on paper, does it win you anything? I've seen this season, but it's, I've said it all along as well. Well, she was all blaming Lennon, and I was never a big Lennon fan, but off the, off, the wheels fell off this season. I've said that the majority of that responsibility. Mark? Exactly, they, they, they shouldn't need any to come up and accept and, that we're the biggest club. They should be lucky to plan the Celtic jersey. You know, and, and to play performance like that on all season, it's, it's just not good enough for fantasy players to play. It's just, it's just not good enough. There's not, there's not one player that's covered himself in glory this season. Not one. Not one. <laughs> you know, and it's a lot of good players who've just completely underperformed. I think we lost uh, Brian Markovey. I think we did, aye. So we move on. Oh, no, he's still there. They're waiting for the Huns to catch up, and it's better up the arse, pure and simple. But the fact is, we've still got the best players, and they've just not done it. Who would you play for that, though, Brian? I'll play for the players. I'll play for the players. You know, there comes a point when boys go on the pitch, and it's done to them, and they've just not done it. You know, is that down to the fact that they actually don't want to beat the club, do you think? That should be irrelevant. They're football players. It doesn't matter where they are or where they want to be. They're getting played. They're getting paid well. They're getting paid well. If you want to make a move, then earn the move. You know, the fact of the matter is, you know, I mean, I played a lot of football until I was like 30 years old. And it doesn't matter whether my team was good or no. It's just, when you stepped on a pitch, you played well. Or you're, you're best, no, necessarily well, but you played to your best. Just, just for a, just for that. I mean, we we played football not for the sake of moves, getting moves and stuff. It's just for because we love playing football. These boys are, are trying to make big moves and big money and and make their careers and and whatever. You know, the 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 promised lands England. So these boys should be good at there, getting it everything. But for some reason or another, they just don't done it. And I don't blame you. See, we're talking about you. You can't have really blame that one tactics. What the manager's saying, what the coaches are saying. That's just, it's just done to your players' attitude. Exactly, Mark. They're professional players. You know what I mean? I keep, I keep that on. I've said it for months as well. But professional pride. I mean, personal pride. Could have, become, could have become Celtic legends. For ever. Know what I mean? If they'd done that ten in a row. And they didn't. They didn't even get up with a one per I think that all was going to be remembered as Bruno still back in the head of the raw season. That they're going to be, they're going to be known as failures. That the lack of attitude, the lack of commitment, Celtic. But that's what these players are going to go down. I want the them belly. Even after the way you left in that bit. See, Edward, see what Edward goes on. No bother with that fight, what Edward does. Got a sell on fever, got a sell on fever, make money off. Well, that's 
Let's try again. 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 Let's try Roughly, no, he's a, as I'm saying, well, and I'm saying roughly, Mark, like how, how much you think this rebuild is going to cost us realistically, and and how much would Celtic have to spend? You think? Oh, realistically, I, I think Celtic will need to break records for the amount of money they'll spend this come this coming summer. To put a figure, mm-hmm. I mean, well, it depends. What market your Celtic will be short, man? Because I mean, we're not we're not going to go out and buy like nine million pounds, seven million pound players for every position. Mhm. But and he spend wisely, really, Mark, don't this? Thing and I keep saying it as well. For me, it's not to do with the transfer fees we pay; it's the wages. We need to up the wages that we're going to be paying players. That will get you the better. That will get you better players, even rather than the big transfer fees does. Mhm. Exactly. I think we Welchie is no longer with us, so if if we can get Barry on the line maybe we can get Barry on the line and go to with Barry. Barry as you know that is Iceman and on, on the forum and an ex footballer and it, it's good to have him on to, to get his thoughts on the game and especially about the defending, like how can we explain that? You know, it's just, just beyond me because I can't explain it. You know? Um We'll also ask Barry about is is there actually a lack of communication between the coaches and and the first team that that the players? Barry, welcome to the show. Hi guys. Hi Barry. How are you, doing? you know we 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 thought we would have had a a good day today, but again, like so many times this season, by this Celtic team just hasn't turned up. You know? Yeah. Yeah, one day I'll come on this podcast and I'll be full of beans and positivity about Celtic. Unfortunately, today is not that day. Um, yeah, I mean, same again, wasn't it? It was the same again. Uh, I could tell right for the start when they went out. You know, I kind of, me myself, whether it be blind faith, whatever it may be, I was a bit hopeful for today. I kind of thought to myself, you know, these are guys that are going and playing in their last Glasgow derby. You know, Ayer, Edward, Scott Brown. You know, I just thought they might give a bit something, you know, have that wee bit of desire, bit of passion, bit of something back to the fans. But it was just exactly the same again. There was just nothing there. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've got, I think something's happened at this club. Something's happened that we don't know about because I cannot give an explanation... Uh-huh. As, as, as to why we just are so far off it that there was nothing in it today there was no passion there was you know we've seen Scott Brown for the last 15 years go in and dominate these games against them you know full of, full of passion full of desire getting in their faces throw, flying into tackles and today it was just 90 minutes of I get same as what we've had every game this season, just walking about. Uh, you know, there was no. He, he came off the pitch after an hour, 
I don't know. You look like a dejected figure. Yeah. I think I don't have a red one. That went to you back in the line. Hello. Ben, that looks like. I sorry, lads. I think that was Brian trying to get back in the line. Mark was this. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Mark. I'm just getting back on the computer before he is on. I thought, was that Brian trying to get back in the line? Was this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I was saying, guys, it was, yeah, I mean, just, it's tough to watch. It's really, t- I just, I just can't put my finger on what what's going wrong. It's, um, like, uh, it's going back to what you're, you're saying, right? Like, something must have happened in the club that we don't know about that this turnaround of, of, of players has become so bad. Like, something must have happened that that we actually don't know about because you can't explain. You can, you can understand not to have been this easy. You can't explain that. Well, you know, well, you know something? I, I, I thought, well, I think we all thought it was Neil Lennon, didn't we? We thought Neil Lennon was the issue. Uh, but Neil Lennon's been gone for two and a half months now. And the players are just putting the same performances. So I don't know what that is. I mean, Neil Lennon touched on it months ago. He says there's something underlying that he can't reveal. I don't know if he ever will reveal it, but something's happened within the football club and it's affected the whole lot of them. And I don't, like I say, today, whether it be a bit of blind faith on my part or whatever, I thought we'd get a reaction today. I, I thought that, you know, we spoke about it before, you know, Brown, Ayer, Edward. Uh, Christie potentially McGregor, you know this is all their last last time they'll ever face Rangers in a Celtic jersey, and I thought we might get a wee bit of it back today, a wee bit of the passion, a wee bit of quality, but no, it just wasn't there again, just and they it. just walked over walked over the top of us, and I just I just don't understand why it's so disappointing. You know, I I was even like saying like being a being a next defender, Barry, like like you can't. Dick- Make excuses for that defending today. Kind of how how easily Scott Brown got skimmed there for the for the Morales goal. You know you can't justify that defending today. Like you know, you can't. You know. No, no, no. There's no there's no justification for it, Paul. And you know what? I, I will disagree with, with with Mikey and I, I don't know whoever else said that. I didn't think Ayer played well today at all. If, if we're talking about a guy who dribbles out of defence, yeah, great. He done that a couple of times. Not a problem. But see his defending today. It was pathetic. And over his head again today. Actually, today when I noticed that the, the high balls again, he was actually being caught out by the high balls again today. You know, you know, 
you know something, Paul? Like, see, no, they would do this. See, any time a cross comes into a box, see if you freeze it. See, see if you freeze your television. And it's not just Ayer, Welsh was guilty of it. None of them are looking to see if there's a Rangers player in the box or who am I going to mark. And I've said this before. I've said this before. They're not looking at that. They're looking at the ball every time. And they scored two goals from it today. Roof twice. Roof twice. They're not looking. And now, listen, I know he was a third man runner for his second goal. But they're not interested in who's... They're just watching the ball. And, the ball, you know, yeah. For the uh, for Morelos's goal, you know it was a it was a poor attempt at a challenge from Brown, but Ayer, come on, he ducks it away. You take that ball in the face, you stop them from scoring. Ayer, wouldn't you? You'd always see oh, you're throwing his his body on the line to to stop a goal or to stop a shot. But we just as you said there, like, and I noticed that there, you didn't see that from from him today after after uh, Barry saying that Mark did you, that he wasn't throwing his body in the line either. Mark? He wasn't near enough to, to do it, really, was he? Can't single eye out for any, really, I don't think. But it didn't Mark, the games, I'll agree with you on that, Barry, aye, but I just, who did have a good game today? You, you know what, Mark, I, I look at, I, you know, I, I don't know if I overanalyse things at the time, maybe I do, but I look at when, when crosses are coming, out, and you know what, it's to do with the fact that he's no defensive aware, he's got no defensive awareness, I am. He, he doesn't know when there's boys in and around him. And, 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 and he gets caught out. You know, is he still thinking? Think, and he's actually realistically, realistically, he's he's not. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's he's never been he's never been sort of grown up with that. He's never grown up with being a defender, and and that's something that you learn and something that you know you're taught as you know. Where where your opposition are, you know, you as a defender need to know where the strikers are, where you know the, where the danger is. But uh, yeah, I mean today, <laughs> there, there was there was a multi, not just pointing the finger at Ayer, you know, there was everybody to man yet again has let themselves down, let the football club down, let the fans down. One thing I didn't like about Ayer was him ducking for that goal. He, he ducked out of it for me uh, for Morelos's goal. See any sort of man worth his salt, any boys are talking about Ayer being the next Celtic captain if he was given a chance. You take that ball in the face, take it square in the dish, and you stop them from scoring. You didn't duck out of it, and then, like I say, the hologram in the goal lets it in the roof of the net. But, <clears throat> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I actually can explain it, Mark. You know that you stand in there and it still managed to go through. Exactly, yeah. It was kind of, the ball was behind him, I think. Before he even reacted, it kind of looked that way to me, but Barry, you know, that he reacted after the ball went behind him. You know, like you could easily see that Scott Bain isn't up to be Celtic number one keeper, and, and he should never be considered as a Celtic number one keeper. You know, would you be confident playing in front of him, Barry? No, no, man. And, and, and that's the issue. Like I think we've spoken with it before. We've got three keepers. And unfortunately, this season, none of them have been up to the task. They've all made errors. They've all made mistakes. Uh, and, and like we say, as a result, uh, there's a confidence issue there. You know, but uh, you know the, the, the defence that you guys have spoken already about, uh, Kenny, I mean, pff, we've lost our identity as a football team, in my opinion. We don't know what we're about. You know, Celtic... Celtic 
for the last hundred odd years, we've always been a team that's been based and built on attacking attractive football. And see just about everybody to a man today, everybody's first thought was to pass the ball back the way today. Everybody went back. Even McGregor was going back when he was still on the pitch. Brown was going back. Kenny was going back. You know, a lot of it as well, you know, I, I, I thought Kenny was clear. He's just, he's just not up to scratch for me, but it doesn't help when Edward is, is, make, is making no offer to, to receive a ball. You know, Kenny's looking up and he's got nothing on in front of him. You know, you've got James Forrest standing about 10 yards away. He was feeding him from time to time. But, you know, when you look at them, I, I don't want to speak about them, you know, but when you look at the way they, they were, Mark, you've said it before, they're not a great side, but they're a well-drilled team. They know, mm-hmm. they know what each other's doing. They know what their jobs are. And you looked at, like, Ruth and Morelos and Aribo and, and all these boys. They were all making, every time a Rangers player had the ball, they were all making options for them. And they had the boy on the ball, multiple options, um, and you know the real link up plays we don't have any of that we have absolutely none of that no. not at all you know, and, and Edward again for me Edward again for me he, you know he got his goal I, I take that out of his game I don't care that he scored the goal today his, his actual play and normal open play was pathetic today mm-hmm. I've never seen him sprint once not, not once in 90 minutes did he sprint to close a player down to get on the ball to, Nothing. Jogging. 90 minutes. Jogged for 90 minutes. And you know what? It's just, like, like I say, maybe it was a wee bit of blind faith on my part today, but I thought, you know what? This, this is this a swan song for some of these guys. For probably 90% of that starting to live in. This was a chance to, to go out on, on a wee, not a high probably, but I'll give a wee bit back to the club. You know, they've been successful for, you know, the last four years as a team. Uh, you know the, the, the team itself. I know we've won the, the nine in a row, but the last quadruple treble has been mostly this team that, that's there. And there was a chance today to, to just go out and give a wee bit back and go out on a high. Uh, but no, they went out again, just like the season with a whimper, uh, and just not good enough. And this season can't end quick enough for me. You know, and I think we 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 actually saw it again today today today, Barry Mark like. What a difference uh, a keeper actually makes to a team, you know. And, you know, and, and, I, and I hate talking about him, but he did. Like I saw it, like when um, I, I don't know what, what player it was. Uh, was was the Tarn- It was Tarnhill's header, and you could see McGregor screaming at his defence after the Tarnhill's header. He was screaming at the defence that he was uh, he was able to get the header. That just that's just breathing confidence into your defence, like you know that your keeper is, is roaring and shouting at you. You you don't see that from not just the keeper, but any of our players don't seem to be screaming at anyone within the first team. You know, it's, you know what, Paul? It's, it's standards. That's the standard that, that they set. That's the standard they have. They they do not accept that an opposition player is going to get their head to the ball before the defence, and that's what McGregor was screaming at his two centre halves for. Because he expects them to go and win that ball, and nine times out of ten they do. But you're right; we don't have that. We we don't have that sort of leadership that, uh, you, you know, that standard set whereby players are determined that they're going to get the ball, and if they don't, then their teammates for it. And that's what that's what Gregor was doing today, because Turnbull got to the ball before his two centre halves. He gave them help for it, and that's the way it should be, because his centre half should be winning that. But you know, you're right; we, we don't have that. We don't have that in our team, unfortunately. Uh, and 
it's like a broken record, isn't it? When we speak about uh, oppositions getting their head to crosses, getting their, their their head to corners, being the first ones there, it's, it's something that for the last what sixty games this season we've never learnt from, uh, and it's unacceptable and unforgivable. It's, it's the same. It's like these just that new mistake that that this team is making. Do you know what I mean? It's the you you can look back at any game and any set piece that that that, that has been against us that, that that people have scored against us. It's the same mistakes they're making, Barry. It's like they're not learning, or, or do they want to learn? Or do you know, you you can't explain it, like you know. No, you, you can't explain. There, there is, there's no explanation for it, Paul. You know, like I say, I don't know what the percentage is. The, the, the amount of uh, goals that we've lost this season to set pieces, or you know, the second phase of a set piece, it's it's through the roof. And like you say, it's happened since the start of the season, and we're now. Two games to go, and it's still happening. Uh, and it, we can't, you can't explain it. You know, we spoke about earlier, you guys, about the the, the rebuild and the massive uh, overhaul in the summer. I'm happy that's happening because see <laughs> what, what we got on the pitch and what, today and for the last however many games, it's a bunch of imposters on that pitch with Celtic jerseys on it. Uh, you know, as you can tell, I'm quite emotional about it. I thought I'd calm down after four or five hours of the game finishing today, but you set me off again. But I'm glad it's going to be a, a massive rebuild because it'll not be those players that are on the park. Hopefully, it'll be guys that come in and want to play for this jersey, want to learn, want want to to play for Celtic, and you know, going forward next season, hopefully we see a, a complete different attitude and 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 style on the pitch that's just not there this year. Barry, they're 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 too comfortable now in the club, and they're being there too long. They're to me, they, as, as I, I spoke with Mark, like like these players know they're not going to be dropped. How bad they're going to play, like so Scott Brown, Edward, Christie, and stuff. They know they're not going to be dropped. Do you know what I mean? And they're too comfortable at the club, and and it's not harm, as you said, like for these players to to leave. You know, have have new players come in, bit of fight the club, a bit of passion. You know, I think that's what that's what needed is to move on these players who have been here for too long. You know, Mark, you have anything there? Oh, I agree with everything Barry's saying and you, Paul. Uh, just, the players have just, there is, it's just they're comfortable. There's nobody nipping at their heels if I don't play well. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to be dropped for the next game. Guys like Edward, again, it's doing the Griffiths situation and what's happened with a Yeti's no help either. But there's just, there's just too many of them. They're comfort, they're comfort zone. And it's just what Barry says here about the lack of standards. That's, this has been going on in the club for the last 18 months the dropping standards for the time with Rodgers and that it's unbelievable that it's came how how would actually the lack of standards like fair enough that they dropped but how fast they actually dropped back oh, that's, a, that's the one factor in it you know how, how when we're going about Peter Lowell I think he made see like the amount of players that are coming out of contract and I think that's a bit of a a, a, a bit of I don't want to swear a bit of a muck up I'll call it on Lovell's part there are so many important players their contracts are coming into the last year and I think that's going to that's helped or hindered it's helping with the build with the rebuild but it's hindered us for this season I think mm-hmm. and Barry going by to, to Lee Griffiths like you know the question John and I asked the lads about like questioning 
bringing on Mickey Mickey Johnson and having a, your three one down, you need goals and throw Mickey Johnson up as a lone striker. I I I can't see the thinking of what John Kennedy was doing there when 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 he had Lee Griffiths. Like my, my thinking is that Lee Griffiths has already been told he's not getting a new contract after that. You know, you, you, well, Paul, I would have started Lee Griffiths today. I would have started up front. He, 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 he would have started for me today, um, simply because he, he's our biggest goal threat. As simple as that, you know. Uh, we, we've got good players, Edward, etc. But Lee Griffiths is our biggest goal threat. Uh, in my opinion, so I would have started him today. So when I seen he wasn't starting, slightly disappointed, but you, you just have to go with it. Then, like you say, when he decides to bring Edward off and put uh, Mikey Johnson up front, it didn't make any sense. Uh, unexplainable. I, I couldn't make any any sense of why he done that. But for me, that was the final nail in Griffiths' coffin. I think you might very well be right. Me personally, I'm slightly disappointed because I said on previous podcasts I would have given him another year. I just think when you've got a guy that's scored 100 goals for the club, he is a constant goal threat. He bailed us out at Pataudry. He won the penalty at Ibrox in the cup game. He, so he, he does still offer something to this team. Um, and, and I would have think he'd be worth another year. Listen, granted, I don't make any uh, excuses for, for his attitude and behaviour and what he's done in the past. I really can't. No, me, I would have kept him. It's like that. If we say no, like, the manager has already been installed, but just waiting for the announcement to come out. So, more likely he was watching that game today, right? On John Kennedy's part, he should have at least put some of the players on that first team, like Sir Griffiths, whose contract is up. Let the new manager make a decision on him if this is the type of player I want to keep around in the club this season. Surely, because does, does Griffiths match think on the right to show us that he deserves a new contract considering... The amount of goals he got. I know he's left a stone by this season, but sure that that has to be up to the next manager to make that decision. Do you know? Well, it should have been. It should have been started even after the performances we've seen for Edward, just to prove to Edward that there's repercussions if you're going to put in. If you would even call a shift if he's even putting a shift in in the park. But the league Griffiths thing. Why? Why was him and Ayeti even on the bench then if he wasn't going to bring a striker on? I mean, was it just there to make up the numbers? Is it that bad that we're just putting players on the bench just to basically make up the numbers? Well, that, that, that's exactly yeah. Like, it. Like, what was the point in having one of your most senior strikers on the bench and, and not even using him? Was he there? Because he said just to make up the numbers. If that's the case, why not have Tony Youngster on the bench and let the youngster get experience? You know, if you knew you weren't going to be bringing on... Even if Griffiths, even if Griffiths has been told he's not getting a new a contract extension, that to me is that would have affected Lee Griffiths' performances on the pitch the day if he'd get time on that park. I don't think Lee Griffiths is that type of person that would spit the dummy. Out. Lee yeah. Griffiths would have been joking to go in there and score against him the day because he loves it. Yeah. We know that. I agree. I agree with that hundred percent. He's like he's not he's he's not like he's not the type that would throw the toys out the pram. He loves playing football, he loves scoring goals. That's what he's born to do. That's what he's brought the, to the club to do and that's what he's done for many, many years. So if he'd have got some game time today, he would have been right on it. What what I found a bit strange is that John Kennedy was in the press during the week there. I don't know if it was a pre-match press conference or it was a bit earlier in the week. But he was saying that um, you know Griffiths, Griffiths has an opportunity to, to get himself into the Scotland squad between now and the end of the season. He never played it today. So, so has something happened between John Kennedy having that interview 
and and today's team selection because why you wouldn't put the guy on? I think Mikey said it earlier. You know, you're three one down and chasing the game. You still got a chance. You know, you, you nick a goal, twenty minutes to go three two. You never know what's going to happen. But if you put on, you know, Mikey Johnson up front. You know, you'd have him rattled like if you scored a goal late, and at least you then you have something really to push on to. Do you know, like, but my thing was the how how slow he was Kennedy was to react to the, the sending off. Do you, do you know, like, like realistically, like I said it like we were down two men in the centre midfield when Calabaco sent off because Brown isn't the player we have anymore, and we all know that. Like, so realistically, we're down two players in that midfield. And to bring on Zorro 3-1 down, it, it just didn't make sense, you know? Yeah. And then it could come down to Kennedy's lack of managerial experience because, you know, in terms of taking too long to react, for me, Brown shouldn't have played today. And I know you guys have spoken about it, but Brown shouldn't have been playing today. It should have been Zorro in the midfield. Simple as that. He, he should have played today. Like Brown's not done anything in the last however many games to justify and you know what like you say he's getting on a bit now you know his legs aren't there we've said that before but if you're wanting to go and win a game I mean Soro when he came on I know he made that that slack pass I actually thought Christie was a wee bit on his heels for that pass but apart from that he was full of energy when he came on that pitch he was buzzing about the place Mikey spoke about it earlier he was dispossessing their players he, he, he put, stopped Kent in his tracks a couple of times he was breaking their track. that's what he does that's that's, that's what yeah. Scott Brown used to do. That was his job. That was what he did before. It's just not quite there anymore. But, but like I say, even if it was a sentimental selection today for Brown to play, he never showed me that the Scott Brown that, that was playing in his last Glasgow derby, a Celtic captain, I, I never seen a performance uh, that, that was worthy of that selection today. Um, but like I say, I mean, Kennedy's... You know, his selections, he's not going to be here much longer in terms of in the managerial hot seat. So, it is what it is. And you know, the last two games, I don't know what's going to happen. Go by Barry Mackley in the, the, the fans down. And I, I saw there today that the, the fans uh, stopped Old Trafford uh, because of the way the uh, the Glaciers wanted to join the Super League and the way the Glaciers won in Manchester United. Do you think the fans will be out at Celtic Park next week or think demanding answers? What happened to this club or do you think that I don't they just... Don't think, I don't think it would happen like next week or that, but I know, I know that I really agree with it. But if, they want, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. They'll face the consequences of doing it. But the fans are definitely not happy. And if... There isn't something in the next couple of weeks. Season tickets reading reading renewed. That's when the fans will show how un, how unhappy they are. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fancy Celtic fans going and storming Celtic Park, Paul. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise that. How come you didn't ask Welsh about this when he was on? I tried to, but I couldn't. Welsh was halfway there, then. No, I tried to say it like that. Like this, none of these did. None of none of these things would have happened. If the fans were in Celtic Park, so that's what I think. Like Lennon would, I think, would have been gone long ago. But Barry and, and Mark, you know, changes would have been made fast. You know, like a lot of these players wouldn't have been playing if the fans were in Celtic Park this season. Like they, they really got a free free ride this year the way they were playing. 
because there was no fans in Celtic Park, Barry. Yeah, I mean, there was there's no way the fans would have accepted the standard of play that we've had this year. It just wouldn't have happened. I think I spoke about it before. I think the fans, you know, they give the players that extra, you know, 15, 20% in their performance. They really do. They lift them, they get behind them, they support them. The, the players really appreciate the fans. And with it's not being there, you know, the, the standards have, have dropped dramatically. Um, but with regards to protests and... Nah, I mean, I, I, I don't see what that what that does. You know, what are they looking for? What kind of answers are they expecting Peter Lowell to come out and say, oh, this is what's going on at the club? You know, they, they did their protests against Neil Lennon to, to get him out of the club. It didn't really work because uh, I think it was about four or five months later before they eventually did it. So, uh, protests for me, no, it doesn't it doesn't really do anything for me. I don't really see the point in them. Yeah. Um, Celtic fans, that's with Twitter and all the social media stuff these days, they expect Celtic to come out and tell them every single thing that's happening every day. I can understand fans' frustration at how long it's taking to, for anything to be announced. But for months there's been, why is, why is Lowell not coming out and saying this? Where's Dermot Desmond? Why is he not coming out and saying this? That's never going to happen. There's never going to be a time when Celtic's coming out and saying, all right, we spoke to Eddie Howe a couple of weeks ago. He's arguing with us about how many coaches he's allowed to bring in. That's never, do you know what I mean? Fans will exactly. But it's never going to work like that. It never has. That, that's what it is, Mark. And you know what? We've had, we've had nine years of domination and when the board have been quiet, that's fine because we're winning. Everything's rosy. You know, the garden's rosy. But we're winning trophies. We're winning titles. We're dominating Rangers. So we don't need to hear from the board. But now that it's kind of gone pear-shaped this year, the fans are demanding answers. And that's not the way it works. You know, it's only because we've been so dominant for the last nine years that it's never been picked up on that, you know, the board or, or Peter Lowe don't come out and say so that. of the last nine years, Barry, do we, do you know... We don't know if all these problems have actually been in the club and they only came to light this year. We, we don't know how long, uh, as, as in what happened. You know, these problems could have been started from last season and continued into this season. We, we, we just don't know, do we? You know? We don't know, and we might never know, Paul. And we, we don't know what the problems are. We don't know how long they've been there. And like I say, we, we might never know what they are. But what we need to do now is we need to look ahead. You know, we need to just erase this from from memory if possible. We need to just put a line through this season. Uh, like I say, I'm pretty sure there'll be an announcement within the next week or two. Mark your back on, uh, you know, the season tickets. They would they're normally about the third week in April. That's when normally the season ticket renewal process starts. We're now in the first week in May. Things have gone from bad to worse in the last couple of weeks with the two defeats to Rangers. So. They need to they need to make some sort of good announcement to to the fans to entice them to buy a season ticket for next year. So the longer they leave it, the, the, the bigger an issue it's going to become. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was next week or, or probably at the latest the week after that we're getting announcement on the new manager. Well, just get your thoughts on this, Barry. They, I've said it earlier on the earlier podcast. Right, see if it's going to be Eddie Howe. What's can you think any why is there a problem with announcing that then? You know something I've had a, I think myself in discussions with other, you know, self supporting friends of mine. The only thing I could potentially think of is that the club or maybe even how he's he doesn't want associated with the squad as it is at the minute. That's the only thing to think of because, you know, 
if Eddie Howe had to come in, for example, say three or four weeks ago when it was first broken or, or whenever it was, and he, he, he'd come into the club and we'd gone to Ibrox and lost in the cup game and we'd gone to Ibrox today and lost in the league game, right away he's off on a bad foot. I don't mean him coming in as manager. I'm talking about just why they keep on. If it's going to be him, why don't they announce it? I mean, see, I'll make the announcement. Paid with, if he's still getting paid with Bournemouth to the end of June or whatever it is, the end of this month, what's wrong with him saying that Eddie Howe's still under contract with Bournemouth, but come the 1st of June, he'll be the Celtic manager? We date with players. Why can we not date with managers? That's the thing. I can't. If it is going to be Eddie Howe or whoever, even if they're at a club, they know, why can they not just announce who it's going to be? Yeah, I, I was kind of the same. I, I, even if it, even if they didn't have the name of the manager, you know, even if they listen, we've reached an agreement with with our, our top managerial candidate, or you know, a sort of statement like that, that at least lets the fans know. Just to keep it quiet, he's asked to no name him the new, but with a point yeah. manager, I something like that. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that myself uh, a few weeks back. I thought that this is when sort of. Me, myself, and other fans were getting a bit anxious as to not knowing exactly what was going on, or you know, the, at that time I think there was nobody actually sort of linked or or a heavy favourite for the job. It was just names every day. Uh, I kind it made me think at one point: Is this guy still in a job? Is it a guy who who has a job at this minute in time and will be taking over the reins at the end of the season when his current you know contract expires or whatever it may be? But at the same time, I kind of thought that the club. Could have been able to announce that maybe without giving the name. Like I said, you know, yes, Celtic Football Club have come to an arrangement with a, with a, our top candidate uh, who will take over and will be announced in due course. At least then the fans know the board are being proactive and appointing a manager. Uh, we've done, you know, whoever that guy may be. At least the fans would be able to rest a bit easy knowing that you know there is somebody coming in. We we'll have. You know, the board have gone and done their homework and appointed someone and done their work in the background. And like I say, potentially that guy could be working away in the background for for the coming season. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know why they've never announced it. I mean, I think I'd be surp- I'd be hugely surprised now if it wasn't Eddie Howe. I've said for the past few weeks, I believe it is Eddie Howe. I'm hoping that he has actually started the job in the sense that he might be identifying players that he's going to be bringing in next year he might have a good idea of you know players that will not be here next year and working away in the background uh, because I'm hoping that he's not going to come in now and, and have to start that because somebody said uh, I've seen something on social media there's 70 odd days until our first Champions League qualifier so that does not give you enough time Put a squad together because what I'm hoping happens is you know your guys who are going to leave I'm hoping they leave in the early part you know if it's Edward if it's uh, you know Ayer these guys I I hope that we don't hold on to them for the Champions League qualifiers I hope we we get them sold get the money in the door and get the replacements in the door because I don't want our squad to start being rebuilt when this season's begun we need to start rebuilding it immediately after this season finishes within the next two or three weeks. That's when the rebuild has to start. So I'm hoping that, you know, like I say, Edward, Ayer and Charm, you know, Christy, whoever it may be, whoever's leaving this summer, I hope it happens in the early part of the summer to allow the new manager to come in and rebuild the squad from, a, from the early a, part of the summer. We have a question for Carol from yourself. From Mike. He's, uh, he said... Uh, when he was in school in Dundee, uh, there used to be a Dundee super, super fan, and he used to talk about yourself in school, Barry. 
and I think he met a few a few times and he was a super fan's name was Kevin Cooper and he made up some difficulties. Did you remember this this lad, Kevin Cooper? Well well you would need to be a super fan to remember me, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> Kevin <laughs> you Barry when you were that's uh, when I still had a bit more hair than I've got now. Um, Playboy. <laughs> I used to think it was the David Beckham and Dundee mark, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite on his wages. But uh, to answer Mikey's question, Kevin is my cousin. Oh, Kevin Cooper is my cousin, a good, a good, a good lad, Kevin Dundee fanatic. Uh, but yeah, my, my mum and his mum are sisters. Into the small words, like in this, it's amazing. Like in this, it's just moving on to the rebuild. You know, like I think the next, like having Dominic McCoy in the stadium today and. Obviously, like he knows the how how major this rebuild is and thing. The next the next appointment by them is really the big one, Barry. Isn't it? It's either it's going to be a direct or football or thing. It's really going to show the fans uh, what they intend to do for for the next couple of years, isn't it? You know, it's it's going to show the fans like they're up for the fight. They want the title back in this next well, appointment. Without a doubt, and the fact that you know we've not appointed a director of football yet it would lead me to think that it's going to be a double appointment they have to appoint them them at the same time because I think the consensus was when they announced Dominic Mackay you know way back whenever it was the start of the year you know they announced that he was going to be coming over from the SRU and the the consensus at the time was the next step would be a director of football and then the step after that would be the manager. Well, unfortunately, we've not had that appointment, the director of football appointment. Um, we've, we're still waiting for that. So, so it leads me to think that it's going to be a double appointment because I agree with, with Mikey. Mikey said earlier, uh, the director of football could be just as big, if not bigger, an appointment than the manager. Because the manager, obviously, he's just really got the the first team, you know, the football insight to think about. The director of football, he's got the whole lot to oversee, you know, from from the the scouting system to the youth development system to the recruitment of players, the, the negotiating, whatever it may be, you know. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, I'd like to think that the the next couple of weeks, both a manager and the director of football are going to be appointed. Uh, and then, like I say, the rebuild has to start immediately. We need to start thinking about who's who's going to be here next year, the players that are coming in the door, um, etc. So uh, let, let's hope that happens very, very soon. Exactly, about like 70 days to your next cut. That, that's a very short turnaround in, in, in the modern game of football. Into 70 days to have a squad built up for for, for your, your qualifiers. And you'll be hoping that these players who don't want to be here are kind of moved on and the manager actually has a chance of finding available to him to get his, the players he wants in and settle down before these qualifiers, don't you? Yeah, well, well that, that's that's why, I'm, again, I'm hoping, this, that, this is why I'm hoping that there's actually work going on in the background just now. I'm hoping that if, it, if indeed it is Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe's had conversations with players that he wants to bring in because, uh, like I say, 70-odd days, it's not long at all. So I'm hoping that if indeed... There was an agreement struck, you know, when the first had their meeting. I'm hoping Eddie Howe actually started the process right then. Why does he? Eddie Howe. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. He should be, if he's agreed to become manager of Celtic Football Club, he should be out there looking to recruit the players, having conversations with guys that he sort of trusts, guys that he identifies are going to be a success at the football club, and players that play under the system that he does and suits the system that he has. Like I say, I'm hoping that those conversations are had and they're well underway and he's hopefully identified a number of players that he's going to look to bring to the club in the next few weeks. Mark? Uh, I totally, just everything Barry said, I've said it myself as well. I'd like to think that whoever it is is working behind the scenes and not, is already putting plans in place for things that he's wanting to change and players that he's wanting to bring in. I mean, we're talking about director of football needs to make decisions, but you've got to give a good... If you're going to get a good manager in, you've got to give him a bit of saying, one or two signings, because they've all got players that they like. You know what I mean? I'm not looking for a coach that's going to just be a yes man to the director of football. He's got to be any kind of input in it. Exactly. I'm going to... I don't think he's a kind of shy guy that would back away from putting his point across. I think he will be, as Barry says, talking to players that he thinks should do a job as a... So that the goalkeeper at Bournemouth is he not a contract? I would take him for a year at Bergovic or whatever he's called. There's another player as well that is just to work away and to talk about he could come in and probably maybe be a potential captain. I just saw something on Twitter about it. Uh, uh, I, there's there's I a few players. The guy Steve Cook, I think that's the guy you're speaking that's about. That's Steve. Steve Cook's the captain, and he's out of contact. I think they talked about. I, I mean, it's probably it's potentially just press pop, but they talked about the boy Josh King. Josh mm-hmm. King was a striker that he had Norwegian striker at Bournemouth. He's, he's on loan at Everton just now, but his contract's up. That could just be uh, players, you, you know, being linked through the press because they've got a connection to Eddie. But at the same time, you know, it, it would also make sense. Like I say, you, you see it all over. Managers. They tend to sign players, to trust players that they've had in the past. Martin I don't think Lennon. Martin O'Neill fought the board to sign Neil Lennon. Martin O'Neill knew that he would do a job and run through brick walls for the club. Martin O'Neill also knew that he loved the showers, boss. We'll... <laughs> going on for signings next season, and look, I, I know these worked out for us in the past and stuff like that, but are we doing too many loan signings in a season? Do, do do you want the club to do more performances and, and have him there for two, three seasons just to have a proper first team structure within the club, Barry? Yeah, well, you know something. I, I don't think like I don't think you, you certainly shouldn't have too many loans within your club because you know if you sign a five, six, seven players on loan and they're there for a season, if they go back to the club, their, their respective clubs, you're back to square one and you're having to rebuild again. The loan system. It has its pros and cons, and we've probably seen both. I mean, if you could get a loan player in and have, uh, you know, uh, an agreed price, you know, a sort of an obligation to buy or or whatever it is, they can sometimes work well because I think I said it previously, um, you know, a player could come in do fantastically well, but you've already agreed a price, so the club can't ask for any more money than that, and that deal's done. But at the same time, you know, like I said with Ayeti, you know, we were we were negotiating, yeah, yeah we were we were negotiating a, a potential buy, you know, uh, clause in, into the loan deal, and all of a sudden he w- he was purchased for five million pounds. Now it's not worked out, therefore we can't 
you know, we can't send him back to West West Ham, unfortunately. We're stuck with him unless we look to sell him for probably less than what we paid for him. But, you know, I wouldn't like too many loans, to be honest with you, uh, Paul. I, I think, like I say, one or two, you know, maybe even three loans within your first team squad, that's acceptable. But for me, you know, I'd be potentially looking at the, the Bosman market. Like I say, players that are out of contract, it might be a good, a good uh, way to... Uh, sort of transfer method to go down as guys who, and like Mark says, you know, you're, you're then not worried about the the transfer fee. It's more about the wages. So, for example, uh, Josh King, for example, here's a Premier League striker out of contract. If he, you know, if he's happy with how, if he's worked with how in the past, who's to say, you know, if we don't have to pay a transfer fee for him, who's to say we can't offer him a decent wage to come up to Scotland? And if that's the guy that Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe wants. That that's who we should be looking at, but not not too many loans for me. I think it has its, its good points and its bad points, but I certainly wouldn't want to flood my team with them because, like I say, it could be that the, the the year after you're you're back in exactly the same scenario, looking for players to fill these spots. Mark, I've said that for years as well. We've relied on loans too much, even back to Foster, because I never thought we'd actually manage to sign Foster full time. I really didn't. I thought he. I thought another Premier League team would have stole him after the season, his first season that we had with him. But the loans have got their places in the team as well. But too many of them in the team, in the positions, bad, bad, just bad, bad planning. Again, really, it's short-term planning, but not long-term planning. If we've got a loan signing in, it should be a better hat, no even a backup. We should have our backups could should, should come for development squad and etc. If we're bringing in somebody in loan, it's got to be at the level of like Elianusi, somebody that's going to improve the team, improve the first team. That's what, that's my thing about it. Signing loans as backup players is no use for me. They've got to come in and be a first team player and improve the first team. Maybe have a young player learning off that young player then, or, or vice versa. Do you know, that kind of way, you know, like you don't want to be back to square one like where we are this season. Like, like realistic, like we're we're going to have a new back four next season. If you come think like that's what, and maybe a new goal, a new back five probably, including the goalkeeper, Paul. Mhm, mhm. You know, and that's not, that's going to take time as well, by like realistic, by how long does it take? Uh, a whole new defence to gel. Well, the thing is, unfortunately, the more games you play, that that that's when the relationship builds. You know, as as a defence and a goalkeeper, you know, defensive unit. But like I say, the first games are probably going to be Champions League qualifiers. So mm-hmm. we need to hit the ground. We need to hit the ground running. Like you say, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think we might need a back a new back four or five. Uh, you know, Stevie Welsh, I've talked to him before, I really like him, but I kind of agree with you, Mark. I wouldn't want to hang my hat on him going at the Champions League qualifiers. Uh, Greg Taylor's another one. I like Greg Taylor, I like his attitude, but I don't know if he's quite at the level to, to be a first-choice left-back. I, I, I'd, I'd like him as a backup, certainly. Uh, and above that, you know, Ayer's going to be away, Kenny's going to be away, when Duffy's going to be away, how long's Julian going to be out for? It's going to be a massive overhaul of players, you know. It really is. So that's why I said on the previous point, I really hope that there's work going on behind the scenes to get players in, whoever that may be. I said I agree with Mikey. I said on the comments, my number one priority signing this summer would be go out and get Lewis Ferguson in the door as quick as you can. Um, you know, 
people say, oh, you know, I think they think he might go to Rangers. I don't buy that, you know. Mark, I don't know if you know his family. And, uh, you know, Derek, I, I played with Derek at uh, Hamilton. Derek was at the Hamilton of part of his career when I was there. And he's a, you know what, he's a really grounded, level-headed fella. He certainly doesn't strike me as a guy that would be one of those, uh, he's no signing, my boy's no signing for that lot. No. I, 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 I think, yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I think yeah, I've said that a few times on the podcast. That's no, yeah. you've known Derek. You probably, if you found out you were a Celtic supporter, he probably gave you a wee bit of a ribbon, a wee bit of butter, not about it. But oh, we did, yeah, we did. did. That's so ever really was. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Barry's wife's a Catholic, and his father-in-law's Celtic season ticket holder. Ah. Uh, that that side it doesn't come in. Yeah, it's best. Chief Celtic and Rangers came in for Lewis Ferguson, mm-hmm. and it was maybe know the new because they've won the league in that. But see, like when he was leaving Hamilton, if Celtic and Rangers had come in for Lewis Ferguson, he'd have came to Celtic because it was a bigger. Do you get what I mean? We were winning trophies, yep. winning the yep. league, playing in Europe and that. It's fo- if, when it comes down to it, it's football in him and all. Yeah, and that's right. And, and, and I mean, Derek, you know, he, if, he, if Lewis Ferguson was to go to his dad for advice, he'd give him the, the best advice on what's best for his career and, and, and his, his footballing choice, not what's best for what side of the city you prefer. So, yeah, I, I'd, definitely, I'd, I'd definitely be going out to get Lewis Ferguson. I really think that he could potentially come in and, and, and be Brown's long-term successor. But I know we've got guys there already you know sorrow I'd be prepared to give an opportunity to the guys I've already spoke about and I mean I like the boy McCarthy and I wouldn't mind him in the door if, if it wasn't too much money I wouldn't mind him in the door you know for me you can never have too many good decent players in your squad and that, in that way and this, you know, McCarthy being injury prone I don't know where that's came from he'd a double, no, I, double leg break and he came back for that and as I put up on the forum the other day since that double leg break, him and James Forrest have roughly missed the same amount of games through injury. And he, he's somebody I've always kept a little eye on, and he's always in the match day squad. He's always on the bench, whether he gets a game or not. So that tells me that he's fit to play, you know. So, but listen, that might be paper talk as well, putting James McCarthy. But you know, he, he's certainly one that I, I would be prepared to come in. But Ferguson, another, uh, and like I say, the, the defence is going to need a big overhaul, but. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, like I say, there's work going on in the background and we might already have boys in the door that's maybe just not been signed, sealed and delivered yet. McCarthy would be a good signing in a free transfer. Yeah, absolutely. He's out of track situation now, but I'm no... But if I, think he's, I think he's out of contract, Mark. I think he's contract. Well, according to, the, according to the papers, his contract's out this summer. I don't know if that's true or not. Somebody might be able to buzz or somebody might be able to Google that. Uh, but it says that. Me then. Celtic should be. Uh, I mean, there's somebody, do, this, somebody on the chat saying McCarthy or Encham. Who would you have in your squad? I'd have uh, McCarthy every day of the week over in Cham. But you, you know what you're going to get? You know what you're going to get from James McCarthy? In Cham, you never know what's going to turn up when he takes the field. One thing I saw about McCarthy and, and, and watching him play with on is, is that he, he won't back out of, of attackers. You know, he he put his body in there. Yeah. I think that's kind of expect it. Like going back to Encham, like we look, we we saw how 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 much of a player he's fallen by the way he's failing with Marcel. He, he actually can't get in the the first team now. You know, and and there's who's a player who actually thinks he's bigger than Celtic and he's on for bigger teams and. And he can't even break into the Marcel first team, you know. Yeah. 
I, I, you know something, in Charm's a, a fantastic talent. He really is. And, and we've seen him when he's on his game, you know, he's one of, if not the best midfielders in the country. But for me, he, he, I've got questions over his attitude. I don't yeah. like the guy's attitude. I remember a game at Fir Park on a Wednesday night. I was under Rogers, and he did not want to know. And we've had a bit of issues with some of the French boys. You know, I don't know what it is, but you know, for me, it's time for Encham to go. You know, it's time for him to move on because, like I say, even if he was to turn round now and say, "Well, you know what, I went to Marseille. It's not worked out for me. I want to come back to sell." Like, I don't know if I would trust that. To be honest with you, I don't know if I would because, like I say, he seems to be a very temperamental sort of. Moody type player. Player. Yeah. And, 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 and we can't afford players. You know, it just seems to clutch with French players. Well, really, and, 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 I mean, it seems to be. Well, we've had an issue, you know. That Dembele left under a wee bit of a cloud, didn't he? And you know that you've got in charm the same. Edward this season for me, I've been really disappointed in his attitude. He didn't get the move that he wanted last year. For me, he should have knuckled down. I, I, you know, if I was a Neil Lennon, I would have said, "Listen, you know, we're keeping you for this year, but if you produce the goods for me, we'll actually help you get your move. You, te- you tell us what league you want to play in, what team you want to play for, what manager you want to play under. We'll help you get that move." But that's never materialised, and by all accounts, Julian's a bit of the same. I think he's trying to force a move. So the French market's one that we've we've had a bit of success in terms of what they've delivered on the park, but. For some reason, it never seems to end very well. Mark? Oh, I'll see where there's a bit of... Mind Anelka, Arsenal, the big, the great salt on that record, and the French players always seem to... Just any wee, silly problem that gets escalated and end up going to the huff, that's the kind of... Can I get for them? There's no one right. just knuckle, knuckled in and go on with it. I mean, there's no. See if you're a professional football player and you're looking for a move. See if you've not had that move. See until the next transfer window opens. What's the point of spitting the dummy out about it? That's that's exactly it, Mark. Because you look at Edward last year. His stock was high. There was Arsenal was mentioned. AC Milan was mentioned. Other big. Actually, PSG was mentioned. Going back to PSG, but now he's had he's had a pretty poor season. And who are the clubs that are linked with him now? You know, that he's, he's stuck. Yeah. Arsenal are still interested in him. I think that, that would be an incredible move. If he was if he was getting the move to Arsenal, fair play to the guy. But for me, I, I you know, I think his stock sort of dipped a bit. And that's due... If he'd have kept on it, if he'd have kept his level of performance throughout the season, he would have been looking at a big, big move this summer. I don't know if it'll come. I, I don't know if he'll get a club like Arsenal. I think it might be somebody maybe not quite at that level. Of Newcastle or West Ham or, or, or anything like that, I think. No, the kind of club. No, that's the uh, well, Newcastle. West Ham's getting the Champions League and Arsenal sitting at about eighth. Yeah, but uh, our, our West Ham classified as a bigger club than 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 Arsenal. Mark. No, I wouldn't say they're a bigger club, but well, probably West Ham fans would disagree with that because they're all a bit whippy, aren't they? But. <laughs> No, club, but Arsenal are in a decline and there's problems behind the scenes there. Players are want to leave, they don't rate what Arteta's doing, and there's a lot of problems behind Arsenal, don't mm-hmm. Financial things, and, and or Ford is a new buyer you now, wants to buy the club and everything, and that's. But like going by Lewis Fogg's, like, it would be a great uh, boost for Celtic uh, over, over Rivals Rangers if he did sign him, you know. That where we have to buy Burstyn, we have to buy the the best players in Scotland or the best midfield in Scotland. I want this. 
Well, well that, that's what it boils down to, Paul. You, you know, it's, we should be looking, to, you know, if somebody's making an impact in our league, we, we should be looking at that. You know, we, we did it with Turnbull. Turnbull was the standout player, in the, the young Scottish player in the SPL, and we went and signed him. So it, it shouldn't really boil down to, you know, he's Derek Ferguson's son, or, you know, he's maybe a Rangers supporter. I think those days have gone. That's kind of gone out the window now. It should mm-hmm. be that this guy's one of the best young players in the country, and Celtic should Celtic should be looking at all the best young players in the country as well as developing your own. You need to have a, a sort of a, an eye in on what's happening at other clubs. And for me right now, we went and got uh, Turnbull last year. Turnbull was the best young player in the country. I think now the next guy uh, right now is Lewis Ferguson, and, and that's I said on the comments earlier. He'd be my number one priority. And you know, I don't think it really comes down to getting one up on your rivals. To be honest, mate, I, I think it's more down to the fact that. Celtic's due diligence and you know, they wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't have an eye on guys like Lewis Ferguson and if he was become available or you know not even if he's become available a Celtic go and make it known that they want this player that that's exactly, exactly the way it should be happening Exactly Cole, but one player that I know that you admire and he's out in Lowell and would you think another loan might help next season or would you want him in, in between the front is Luke O'Connell I, I know you you were impressed with him yeah, well, he's continued it again. Was he got another goal last week, Luke O'Connell? You know what? He's gone out to Queen's Park, uh, and you know, I've said this before. It'd be easy for guys to go out into that environment and think, oh, you know, maybe this isn't quite for me, the standard of football. But he's gone. He's taken his opportunity. He's grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, um, and he's doing really well by all accounts out there. Uh, for me, bring him in in pre-season. Let him see. You know, it's a clean slate for everybody. You know, the new manager coming in, everybody's got an opportunity to, to go and impress him in pre-season. Uh, and then, like I say, if he gets any game time, you know, pre-season friendlies, what have you, he's got an opportunity to go and impress the manager, as do every single player that's going to be at the football club, whether it be, you know, the youth players or whether it be players that are currently in the first team or guys that the manager brings in himself. Everybody starts on a clean slate. And then, you know, if, if, he's, maybe not getting, yeah, if he's maybe not getting the game time, uh, at the start of the season then yeah it probably would be a good opportunity for him to go on loan but again he might want to use this as, as an opportunity to, to, to show the manager what he can do and you know at the end of the day if they're good enough throw them in there let them see what they can do Exactly tough on Faye and I know it's been a disappointing season this year and hard to pick one player of the year Barry could you pick one? Oh god I got, I got an email from the club asking you to vote for a player of the year I never opened it uh, to be honest um, player of the year for me uh, I would I, I would go with Turnbull I, I would go with Turnbull for me the player of the year uh, I know he only came in toward but you know in what's been a hugely disappointing season um, I, I, it's difficult to actually look at anybody and think oh yeah that you know they had a right good season this year they were just let down how how Leighton came into the into the Celtic team and how he broke in like that, where I, I would pick Torn as well. That we're nominating him for, for for Player of the Year, isn't it? That shows how bad these players have actually have been this well, season. Well, and, and it, yeah, and and it goes back to kind of what we spoke about earlier, and that was you know players who, regardless whether they were performing poorly or not, they were still get played every week. You know, Callum McGregor, he's probably my favourite. He's my son's favourite player. Uh, and he's probably my, one of my favourite players. He's had just um, it's, it's unbelievable the, the fall from grace, unfortunately, that Callum's had. 
Um, but like I said, he's played every week. He's never had to take a stint on the bench. And it took for, I don't know when it was Turnbull came in, probably October, November time before he actually got a start. But, you know, it just goes to show that the sort of level of competition, it didn't matter if Brown wasn't playing well, if Christie wasn't playing well, if McGregor wasn't playing well. They still, still, kept, their place, yeah. still kept their place in the team, whereas guys like Turnbull chomping at the bit to get an opportunity. And, and Turnbull's come in and he's grabbed his opportunity with both hands. He's really and been a, a shining light in what's been a, a pretty dismal season. This question, like, of, of where we were questioned for why is he playing and uh, Leland coming out saying he wasn't fit enough, but he was playing for Modwell up, up until that point. We signed him week in, week out, so I can't see how he wasn't fit to come straight into the Celtic team. Do you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe that like Lennon's thing that wasn't fit enough. I, mean, I can understand potentially wanting to protect an injury, and he's somebody, and you know, he did have a a really mm-hmm. nasty, serious injury. But like you say, Paul, he'd come back into the Motherwell team and was playing pretty regularly with them. So you know, I think sometimes it's an easy excuse to give to the media. Or, you know, he's not quite at the fitness levels that he needs to be to be in the first team. But you know, he's came in to the first team. He's certainly never shown that. He, he, he was he wasn't fit or he's never looked tired or he's never touched wood, he's never picked up any injuries since he's been in that team uh, and he's only going to go from strength to strength he, he's a right good player and I think if we get good players in and around him he's really going to kick on and really shine he could potentially be the next big asset that we've got at the football club Mark could you pick a player of the year of this season or I'll stick I said Welsh earlier on the day and I'll stick with that just because I really can't pick somebody else up think deserves it. I think as a young man coming in, <coughs> pardon me, a young man coming into the team that's not playing well, I think he's gave a good showing for himself. So I'd just pick young Welsh. Mm-hmm. I asked everyone this question who came on just for the circumstances. Are you optimistic that the, the, the board will get everything right next season or is there, still a, is there a little bit of worry there for next season? considering how poorly we, we've been this season? You know, Paul, we're Celtic fans. We're always optimistic. We're always optimistic. Listen, I I, I, I am optimistic for next for next season. You know, like I say, I, I'm hoping that the manager's going to be announced in, uh, in the next couple of weeks and, and we can look to, to the future and look... Uh, you know, it is going to be a massive summer. It's going to be a huge summer for us, a, a huge overhaul. But like I say, we're Celtic supporters. We're optimistic. We we'll always believe. I believe we're going to win today. There we go. That's how optimistic I was. Um, so yeah, you know what? Why not? Why not? There's no reason. I don't. They're not a great side. I need to be honest. They're they're a well-drilled side. But there's nothing there that makes me think that we can't get back. You know, get get back the title next season. And like I said, Barry, that this team. You know, if we had a well-drilled manager who actually knew tactics and played a style of play that the fans can relate to and that Celtic can relate to. You well, know, that's what we need, and that's what we hope we're going to get in Eddie Howe, a guy who has an identity, a guy who plays a certain style. And like I say, for, for me, if it is Eddie Howe, he is a modern-day, he's a forward-thinking, sort of natural manager. I, I believe the players will buy into his methods. You know, there's a few videos of him on YouTube that... You know, I've really enjoyed watching. He, like I say, he seems to be the type of manager that a young, young player will, will buy into his thoughts and his styles and processes. That's what we're going to do. He's a modern day manager, isn't he? Young, young manager. 
he he can relate to young players. You know, he, that that's really what you can Celtic should be looking for. If it's Eddie Howe, you know that he's not. He's proven himself. He kept Bournemouth up. He gone through all these these leagues. You know, the, hopefully it's Eddie Howe, but we we just have to wait and see. Uh, that's it for tonight, folks. Um, again, my thanks to Mark, Michael, Wayne, and Barry. Uh, thanks for everyone who joined in, joined the watch long today. Uh, Mark, off to yourself and Barry. Uh, just thank you. Thanks very much, Barry, for joining us and everybody else that was in the live chat and other guests we had. Again, Paul, thanks for everything you do. Uh, enjoy the rest of your nights, lad. I know it's not the kind of night we were expecting, but. Always looking at a bright side of life, eh, Barry? That's that's it. And I, I see see the next one. It's going to be. A, I'm going to be positive on the next podcast. We're going to be speaking about all things positive. You're going to be yourself and uh, Michael will be our next two guests to, to have you cheered up. That's what we will. Well, you know. Get we'll get going. Paul, when Paul sets the topics. It's him that to talk about all this depressing stuff. <laughs> That's it. Well, the next one, we'll, we'll, we'll appoint our manager very soon, and we'll all be full of full of full of beans and high hopes for the for next season. We'll forget about what's happened this season. Hopefully, yeah. Right, okay, lads. Good night. God bless. Cheers, cheers, guys. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.